Welcome to Accounting High. So I walk in, you know, I'm my CPA, and back then we wore little dopey suits with a little bow tie and a briefcase, and I walk into this, you know, a trucking company or a cold storage outfit in the middle of downtown Atlanta or something like that with my, you know, I'm the CPA, da, 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 da. Yeah. and they immediately go, I'm not an accountant, and they put they literally put their hands up, like, I'm going to come and arrest them because they're ignorant about the crappy stuff that I know, and I was like, well, it's a good thing because I'm one and we don't need two of us. And, then I, and I made them laugh and I made them comfortable and then I could get in there and help them. So practicing that, every time I went to a client, I had to do that. Break down the fear that they had so I could show them how to do things. And so that skill, I think, served me really well. And then when I had the comedy training, I could figure out how to do that more regularly to get the fear out of the subject matter that we talk about. Accounting and tech are both the same way frightening things to most people accounting tech and comedy may i have your attention please if you're trying to make a dollar in dynamic finance model and strategic with your guidance you'll transform all your compliance in and pull reports that match index a formula on top of it immaculate you'll drill down to that brand new flash report template whoever having problems with inaccurate reports you built just holla at the live flow team and autopilot all of it the strength capacity blame it on trouble finding new talent consolidate your lnps for an ultimate report package turn static figures seamlessly to interactive narratives piece together numbers easy for your clients Centric nature, yeah, custom dashboards, never pull that month end report again. Reduce, repeat, and simple tasks with the super dope technology. Free templates in their library to modify and meet your needs. Do more with less workflows unlocked, and you'll increase capacity. Tutorials, YouTube, how to's to use the core product. Import all your QBO reports to Google Sheets. Got fantastic. everybody watching YouTube, gotta hold your how to's and see the way I count it. So use this tool with the click of a button, and all the time it's Copy and paste it for your custom reporting. The book's integration, so no more exporting. It's automation, stop the time clock. Find supporters over the top, loving the life. The life. Connect QuickBooks with any Google Sheets, so easy to love. The life. You use it how you want to use. I'm loving my life. My life. It's a dog forever, too. attention please welcome to accounting high it's freshman year at a brand new school here we have no rules in place as we're on a mission to set our own traditions so hang tight and learn with us as we grow at accounting high you can expect to gain knowledge in a completely different way than what you may be used to with some fun and oftentimes colorful conversations involving some of the best teachers in the accounting industry whether you loved high school or you hated it, here's your chance to be a part of an unforgettable experience redone. While you're here, don't forget to follow us on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you may be listening to us right now so you don't miss out on any new episodes. And feel free to leave us a five-star review letting us know how the school year is treating you. In addition, share this episode on social media tagging us at Accounting High. So sit back, relax, and open your mind because class is in session. I repeat, 
May I have your attention, please? This is another public service announcement brought to you in part by Accounting High. The views and events expressed here are of the next generation of accounting and tech professionals leading this space. The events and suggestions are not to be taken lightly. Children should not partake in the listening of this podcast. Anything else? Yeah. So without further ado, introducing the star of our show, Scotty and Jeannie. We're going to have a problem here. Class is in session. I am honored to have the wonderful Jeannie Whitehouse on with me. Jeannie's been known in the space for a while now. She's done a TEDx talk. She's a writer, speaker, blogger, Twitterer. She's an instructor. She's a teacher. She's a faculty at Accounting High at some point here. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about finding your voice. We're going to be talking about niching selling advisory services, and living your passion with purpose. Thank you for joining me today, Jeannie. It's a blast to be here with you, Scotty, although that whole high school thing's kind of frightening. Is it? Is it, though? <laughs> yeah. Why Walking is it through those halls, being late for class, being the nerd in the corner that nobody wanted to talk to, brings back scary memories. Ah, so that's that's one thing that has come up a few times, is people's high school experiences may not have been the best so we're trying to re-envision that now, right? We're trying to yes, go back to high school and do it differently, do it better. Yeah. Where did you go to that's high school? Thing. Went to Wade Hampton High School in Greenville, South Carolina, named after a Confederate general, which I'm, I haven't heard if they've had to change the name. They need to. I would hope <laughs> that they have at this point. Um, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of names are changing. You know, we got the uh, Washington team for football. Yeah. A lot of people are changing names, so that would be the right thing to do. And I all know the military that, bases are changing right now. They had a big thing about it this weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I'm in North Carolina. I know that we both went to the same college. Same amazing place. God's Tower Country Eagles. University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Beautiful, wonderful place. Tar Heels. That's the color I bleed. That's the blue That's I <laughs> bleed. That's my blue. I first met you at a pageant event last year, and you saw I was wearing all Carolina, and you pointed out, this is Carolina boy. And, um, <laughs> and then I saw you again, like, the next week. That's and then right. we've been, like, traveling pairs everywhere I go. I tend to see Jeannie. Right. We're in the we, same clubs. It's amazing. Same clubs. Me hanging we, out with a cool person like you. It's the cool fantastic. Kids. Well, this is actually, it's funny you say that because I have a series, the series that this is going to be under is the Cool Kids. So we've got right. five different series we run here at Accounting High, and this class is the Cool Kids because I see you as one of the cool kids in this space. Wow, that's exciting. It's through my eyes. That's I know you honor. say you're a nerd, but nerds are cool too. Even a nerd can be heard, right? Well, you know, when you go to those high school reunions, however many years later, you find out that the people who were the cool kids are not so cool anymore. Right. Some of us nerdy folks have found our play. So it's an interesting thing to go back and revisit. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I love that. It is. It is. So where, where, where are you calling me from today? Napa, California. Wine country, y'all. Come visit. Drink up. We need the visitors. <laughs> so I'd, I'd love to talk about you just packing up and moving there. 
coming from? Where did you move from when you moved there for the first time? I, I was in the software company at the time, and I was transferred from Atlanta, Georgia, where I'd been for 15 years, where my kids basically grew up, to Pleasanton, California, which was the headquarters at the time for ACPAC, a company that had just been acquired by Sage, and they moved me to Pleasanton to take over the ACPAC product. So I was VP of product management, and they moved to us across the country. Drove across the country with that basset down in the back seat of a three-door red Saturn. My daughter and I and the dog drove across country to get started. Yeah, in Pleasanton. How did you take a U-Haul truck? Like, what did you... No, well, we just went ourselves, so I needed to go early to, to get to work. Yeah, and yeah. then my husband stayed and got everything packed up and closed down the house in Atlanta. My son went off to college. He says, uh, we ripped him from the only home he ever knew. We <laughs> moved when he was in college, and he came home to Pleasanton and didn't know anybody. Um, well, it's how you define home, too, right? That's, that's right. That's make right. things your home. I think you've been in... California now for how long? How many years it's ago? It's hard to imagine. I've been here. So that was in 2004 that I moved to Pleasanton. So that's been 18 years, which is so hard you, to believe. You've been there longer than you were even in Atlanta. That's right. That's at this right. Point. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, now I'm I think kind of a native redneck now. You're kind of a well, I don't know, a, a native redneck to California. Then, that's right? right. Yeah. So let's. Let's just talk about, I guess, you were at a software company, so that's, that sort of bridges this gap of we've got accounting and we've got software, and a yeah. lot of the people that have had their heads in the cloud space, that's why we travel together. That's why we've been in a lot of the same places, because yeah. our heads have been in the clouds, so that's to speak, right. right? But how did you get into that? What did you like? What did you major in? What did you go to school for? I majored in accounting. I went to UNC, so I'm in Greenville, South Carolina. I decided in seventh grade I wanted to be a CPA. I started everything that I did. Seventh grade. Seventh grade. I told you I was nerdy. I told you I was nerdy, Scott. I wasn't kidding. (laughs) I mean, I was totally focused on what am I going to do? I love math. I asked a teacher, what do you do? If you like math, she said two things either teach math or become a CPA. And I said, which one makes the most money? She said, CPA. I went, okay, that's it. And it happened my dad was selling tax books to CPAs. He was working for CCH, now Walters Kluwer, and he would sell these books that they would keep on their shelves. And I helped him buy those books. Yeah, I helped him update the pages so they would get his tax cases would come out. You have to take out the old pages and put in new pages. And I was a kid; he paid me fifty cents a book to update these things. So I was looking at it, going, "What is this stuff? What does it mean?" And people Uh, would pay just for the new pages. People would they well they'd get a subscription. I know this is didn't this seem like the dark ages? I mean, we're taking paper, putting it in. And so those things would get out of date very quickly. So you'd have stacks of these things that had to be updated, and he would have me catch people's books up for them. So I was going into CPA firm offices and going, wow, these people are styling. I want to be one of those. You know, styling? Nice, yeah, they had Their fancy offices? offices. Yeah, oh, nice, right. you know, nice plush chairs and books on the thing. I'm like, yeah. So it all kind of came together. And so I was on a absolute mission to get into the best accounting school that I could, and to get a scholarship, because I knew my parents c- couldn't pay for it. There were four of us going through school pretty much at the same time. So I needed to get a scholarship. So I needed to get my grades. I needed to get my scores. You know, I needed to do all this stuff. So I started working on all that stuff at that point. In high is, school. In, in seventh grade. grade. In yeah. seventh grade. Even yeah. a nerd. So, so your say? experience in high school was, <laughs> I'm getting to Carolina and I'm getting a scholarship. Was Carolina, I, did you have your eyes set 
on Carolina? Carolina or? was my top choice, and I applied to to other colleges, but I didn't want to go there. And that was the one. That was the dream place to go. And when I got in, it was the best day of my life. It was like I can't believe it. And I got scholarships. I got aid. I got scholarships. I was able to do it. Out of and state too, which out is of state, not which easy. Really expensive, also. So it was. Well, a, it's not if you get scholarships. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was very fortunate. So you found your place at Carolina. Where? Yeah. Um, give me, give me a story from Carolina while you were there. Something well, fun. I'd. I mean, I, the moment I arrived on campus, it was like the clouds parted, and I went, "Oh my gosh, I'm Where'd here." Where'd you stay, Morrison? Or, I was in dorms? a dorm called the Acock. Acock, I main, know Acock. Main campus, which yeah. they had just converted Scott from a male dorm to a female. All so female. I, to all female. So I walk okay. into the dorm. I go into the restroom, and they're urinals. And I went, "I think I'm in the wrong dorm. <laughs> Something's wrong here." And they said, "No, we just converted. This is we're in the right place." Um, we're all co-ed now. But it was the first time I ever had a social life. I mean, you know, it was like I could reinvent who I was when I arrived. I knew one person from from South Carolina that was also at the school. I didn't know anybody. And I had to develop social skills. I got in leadership roles as a result of that. And I think the social skills that I gained changed my life more than anything I learned in my whole time at Carolina. Wow. Yeah, I, I actually think that probably could have been a handicap for me because I had a lot of social skills I brought with me from high school, and I thought I yeah. knew it all about social interactions. Yeah. yeah, that that hurt me. So for you, you can't. You had a fresh start. I did. I really had a clean. Nobody, you know, knew anything. I could become whoever I wanted to be, and and I didn't. I'm not sure I knew how to handle that, but you know, I'd never dated or anything, and it was like beer. <laughs> yeah, bring it on. What's that? You know, what is ooh. that? Yeah. Well, turns out you turned out all right. Well, so thank you, you do that. So what did you end up doing? You know, so you, you so made it through Carolina. You graduated. I made it. So the, the thing, the, the interesting thing about my time at Carolina is I had this mission, right, that I had to become a CPA. So I'm focused on that. But then I took classes in things that I was interested in. All of my electives were stuff like I took drama classes. I'd never been in a drama anything, but I loved learning about plays. I, lo- I so I also I liked math, but I also liked English. And I had taken AP classes and all of that stuff so I could get to college. But the other things that I did, and my other electives were all computer programming classes, which is Ooh. all we had to do back then, Scott. Mainframe programming. So in order to take those classes, I had to take advanced physics and, and continue the, the math stuff. So I was taking upper-level calculus. Those were my electives. And what I found was the computer stuff was far more mentally engaging than the accounting. The accounting stuff, you know, accounting class. You have boring professors. It probably hasn't changed since then. It has. Boring professors and, and just learning a bunch of rules. And computer stuff was figuring out how to solve problems. And, and I wasn't very good at it, but that engaged the, the math stuff more than most of the accounting classes. But I still went, I'm here for accounting. This is my path. I got to do that. But that exposure to programming, and I got programming in COBOL and Fortran and, and something called PL1, PL, PLC, the, all the formula stuff that I learned made it so easy for me to do anything in Excel and Power BI and Microsoft SQL and all those tools that came after that, I had an understanding of how that worked. And that, foundational and that made a huge that. difference. I mean, there are not many people my age that, that know that kind of stuff. 
You know, we're and you kind were of, just interested in solving problems. I was interested in figure in learning new stuff and figuring out how to solve things. And automation really appealed to me. So, but the interesting thing is when I interviewed, so UNC brought in a bunch of you know recruiters from accounting land, and all the big eight at the time interviewed people. And they had a cutoff of grade point average. You had to have a three O or above to qualify for the big eight stuff. And so I interviewed them with them. I had a two point nine average. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking physics and you know advanced stuff. And so when I talk to them, I say, you know, I majored in accounting, but all my electives are in computer science. I took some other stuff. And I remember so clearly one of the recruiters said, well, that was a waste of time to, you know, measure in technology, to add all that technology crap. You should have done better in accounting. And I just thought, okay, they're not getting it. And so I, I But did you get it then or did that waiver, did that make you think twice on, oh man, did I do the right thing? I knew that it, I knew that it was stuff that would help me because yeah. before I graduated, a tool called, a product called VisiCalc came out and it was the first spreadsheet. And I saw that thing and went, this is cool. I'm going to do something with this. And then after that. And so did my, Bill Gates. Yeah. And then in all my other jobs, I was I had technology stuff. I remember programming an amortization schedule in BASIC on a computer at Deloitte, which is where I ended up. Um, so you did end up at Deloitte, which I ended was up at Deloitte, at which was a, a miraculous thing because they interviewed me and said, you know, your grades aren't high enough, but we really like you. And they also... The person I interviewed with happened to know a cousin of mine that was in an office at Deloitte in Charlotte, which was the biggest office of Deloitte in the, in the local area. And so they remembered me because I connected with this person individually. And so, you know, I go through the recruiting thing. I get nothing because I'm not smart enough or whatever. And then I get a phone call one day from the guy that I had talked to who remembered me because of my cousin and said, you know, we really liked you, but your grades are below the cutoff. But we'll make you an offer if you'll start in tax and go to this podunk office. They didn't say that in Hickory, North Carolina. Hickory. And I, Hickory, North Carolina. And I said, done. Yeah, I don't care where I go. I want to be with Deloitte. And wherever I got to start, I'm happy to do it. So that's how I got in. They remembered me because of the conversation we had and were willing to make a concession because nobody wanted to go to Hickory and very few people wanted to start in tax. Yeah. Well, this is a, a point one difference in GPA too. That exactly, I know yeah. that's the that's the thing. But you know, no matter what they say, the standards are you can always set yourself apart somehow. And I, and I was very comfortable with the interviews because of this social exposure I had during. And this is kind of a you hate to say it, but sorority life really gave me a chance to be a leader in leadership roles. To have to meet people I didn't know and figure out how to have a conversation. And all of that stuff really helped me in interviewing. It probably traveled with you all through life, too. Yeah, it's stuff it Made that, you a better speaker. Yeah. And it made you aware of how do you make somebody comfortable also. Which confidence, is, yeah. too. You got a lot of confidence. I hope not so, too much. You were finding your voice <laughs> as you, I, maybe not now, but you probably did then just to be able to do all this stuff now. I mean, I, I you know... I wouldn't. I wouldn't discount anything that you're doing. You know, don't don't say not too much because there's a lot that you're doing and a lot you've accomplished throughout your years. So we'll we'll get there too. But you know, going through, um, and I don't want to fast forward too much. But you were you didn't end up at Deloitte. You, I mean, you were there for how long? Four and a half years. Four and a half years. And then what'd you end up doing after that? And then so I was in three different offices. So I was in Hickory, North Carolina. Then I transferred to Greenville, South Carolina, my hometown. 
because I was getting married and I moved home to save up to pay for the wedding stuff. And so then sure. from there, I got married and we moved to Nashville, Tennessee, and I transferred again with Deloitte. So, so you hit almost every state in the South. I hit all the redneck states, yeah. All of them. North, <laughs> South, and Tennessee. Georgia, Tennessee. Georgia, Tennessee. That's right. And so right. I, I left the redneck states. I left Deloitte and moved to Minnesota, Minneapolis area in Minnesota. Ooh. Freezing. That must have been cold. Freezing cold, but wonderful, beautiful state. I was in Eden Prairie, and I worked for in a corporate tax job for a company called Super Value, a huge wholesale grocery company and their headquarters in this beautiful little town called Eden Prairie, Minnesota. And we moved up there for my husband had a job and then I found a job with Super Value. But I knew I wasn't on the manager partner track at Deloitte. And so I knew that I didn't I didn't want to stay and that I had a short relatively short time to stay on. I mean they made it real clear. You were on the track or you weren't on the track. And yeah, and so you were not on that track, but you were just on, on a, a life track here. And I was on a life You're track. You're traveling, right. traveling with your husband. You moved yeah. there for that. Yeah. How did you end up? So I know you ended up in Atlanta. How did you yeah. end up there? So I worked there. So, you know, corporate life is very different. And this job was very unique and it was a great company and I really enjoyed the time there. But basically they needed a manager to come in to help set more rigorous processes around their tax filing. They filed in every state. They acquired companies all over the U.S. They had filing in every state. But basically, you do the same thing every year, right? You get all the returns done, and then you start over again. Yeah. And the first year was, was a bit of a mess, and we got it all figured out. I had a great boss who worked above me. He was very supportive of what I did, and I had some other folks in the team. But we figured out how to streamline the process and get all the returns filed on time. And then the next year we did it again. And then I was like, okay, what do I do next? What's my next path? And the boss ahead of me said, you wait for me to die. And this guy oh. was, was a runner. He was fit. He was, you know, relatively on fall. Well, that's going to take too long. And I, I got to do something else. I can't just keep doing this over and over again. So I went in search of jobs. And I also had a two-year-old at that time. My grandparent, his grandparents were in Greenville, South Carolina. That's where my family still is. And I had the only grandchild, and it was just, you know, it was far away. And I thought, I'm going to sit here and freeze and do something that's not advancing my soul or, you know, speaking to my right. soul or advancing my career. I'm not learning anything new necessarily. So I went in search of a job and found one in, in Atlanta, which was the next step up. It was a director of tax position in a company that now you've probably heard of that was called it was called Dental Research, and they invented the Interplaque toothbrush. It was the first rotating toothbrush. Ooh. And so they were going to hire me to be the director of tax, and they were going to take the company public. So it was a growth position from what I was doing as tax manager to director. So we, t- I take the position. They hire me. We pack up our stuff, move across country. We land in Atlanta, and at four days into the job, they have a company meeting to announce the company has been sold. <laughs> to to Bosch and Lom, the contact people. And having been a company that acquired other companies, you know that you don't bring the tax people from the the company that's acquired. You hadn't even started yet. I hadn't even un- so I go home and say, Stop unpacking the boxes. We've been acquired and I know my job is gonna be eliminated. I don't need a director of tax if we're under a bigger company that already has all that stuff. So they were just amazing, though. They said, you know, we couldn't tell you because there's a blackout period. We hired you before this deal was done. And while you're coming out of here, the deal closes. 
your position is eliminated, but we'll keep you on and you can do sales tax. And I hate to tell my friends at Avalara this, but I didn't want to do sales tax for the rest of my life. Well, you can tell them that. Well, because I know. That's, Had that's, I known that's them, a problem they solve, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I could have outsourced it. That didn't exist back then. And you could do a bunch of spreadsheets. And I thought, that isn't going to work. So I went and found a controller position in a startup software company that made touchscreens and moved into that role immediately. So I said, I'm, you know, thank you very much. And I, I found something else and took that. So I was in Atlanta and they got me to Atlanta. And then I was able to jump into that role. So, you know, it was safe, but it was an interesting story. The only person's job who's eliminated was basically mine in that whole acquisition. That's crazy. I yeah. don't know why they let that happen. So, well, they couldn't do anything about it. And I, you know, it was not a big deal, but they got me there, which was the main thing. So then. You're there, fast forward for 15 years, right? Yep. What? And then you got brought to California with Sage? Sage took me to California, transferred me. So yeah. how'd you get involved with Sage? Well, there's the usual, a whole bunch of steps. But So I went to that first company. I became a controller. I used Peachtree Software, and I had never used it before. And we had a consultant that came in that helped us get coaching on Peachtree and helped you know, troubleshoot and do support. And I connected so much with her that I eventually joined her and became a consultant to clients in Atlanta on Peachtree Software. And she had a connection to the support center. People would call in and then we get work and I'd go out and do the work. And then I grew that to the point where it was building an accounting practice for me based on the software stuff. And then I would do the financials and the tax work. And I was working my fanny off but not charging Scott for the work that I did because I wanted to help them, right? We got to help them. They can't afford me, but they need me. Okay, I'll do it. And I was working all the time. And I realized that I didn't have the capacity to do all of this and I wasn't billing enough. So I took that practice that I had to a CPA firm that was working with one of the clients that I had helped. So we already had a relationship. And I said, you know, I got all this work. I'm a tax person maybe I should come work with you. And they said, come on. And they hired me. I think I was a, a manager at that at that point. And so I came on as tax manager doing tax on this in this firm and brought in all that technology consulting. Mm. And then, I, then they, I grew the practice. I brought in a bunch of client stuff and then eventually made partner. And then the next day quit because <laughs> I, I was a tax partner. And I didn't want to do tax. I wanted to do that other stuff where I was out there helping companies do better stuff. So that led me into tech. That led me into doing my first speech, which is when I went, no, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Ah, so that was the light bulb moment. That was the light bulb. So, I, yeah, I got from, I left the firm. I went into a tech company and did training for a project management software company, which led me into a PeopleSoft consulting gig which then led me into working for Navision Software, which was headquartered in Atlanta, a Danish company who had just come into the U.S., brought in by Peachtree, which is how I knew about the company, and they needed somebody to build a CPA program, so they hired me to do it. So then oh, I had to give my first speech. And um, Were you nervous? Oh, I was terrified. I'd never been a speaker, never wanted to be a speaker, absolutely terrified. And what's worse, Scott, is my job was to get software resellers to connect with CPAs because CPAs have a bunch of clients that listen to them, right? So my job was to get those resellers to partner with CPAs or to at least leverage a relationship with them. 
So before I built my program, I called a bunch of the partners, these resellers, and said, you know, what do you think about CPAs? 100% of them said, we can't stand them. <laughs> we don't want them in our deals because they kill the deal, right? If I come They're in with so the, hard to sell to. If I come in with a no-name Danish piece of software that no accountant has ever heard of, and and my client says to the accountant, "I'm looking at this software," and the accountant hasn't heard of it, they'll go, "Forget it. I've never heard of them. Don't do it." Right? So from that perspective, they were right. I don't want them in the sales cycle because they will. They won't allow me in or they'll, they'll kill the deal. It's not so, a short sales cycle with accounts. So I, we have our, yeah, we have our software conference and my job is to present my program to a bunch of people that hate accountants. <laughs> so I have to prepare something and I went, I got to break the ice somehow. I got to make these people laugh. So I, a friend of mine was a movie buff and said, have you ever seen the Monty Python lion tamer video? And I said, no. And I watched it and went, this is it. I'm starting with this. Lovely weather for the time of year, I must say. Enough of this gay banter. Now, Mr. Angevy, you asked us to advise you which job in life you were best suited for. That is correct. Well, I have the results here of all the interviews and the aptitude tests that you took last week. I think I can say without fear of contradiction that the ideal job for you is accountancy. I've been an accountant for the last 20 years. But I want a new job, something exciting that will let me live. But accountancy is quite exciting, isn't it? Exciting? It's so deadly dull and tedious and stuffy and boring and desperately dull. I can't stand it any longer. I want to live. But you see, in your report here, it says that you are an extremely dull person. Um, our experts describe you as an appallingly dull fellow, unimaginative, timid, spineless, easily dominated, no sense of humor, tedious company and irrepressibly drab and awful. And whereas in most professions these would be considerable drawbacks, in accountancy they are a positive boon. Yes, don't you see, I'm only as awful as this because accountancy does this to people. Can't you help me? Well, do you have any idea of what you want to be? Yes, yes I have. What is it? A lion tamer! Yeah, so there's a whole conversation about that. But I said, this is, I start off by saying, my job is to get you to work with accountants. And I interviewed you folks, and here's what you said you thought about us. And basically, we're a bunch of nerdy, dull people. And I said, it may be true that we're nerdy and dull, but if there's a problem at a client, I get a call before you do. And if I say no to your deal, you're not going to sell it. So you need to get in touch with me and form a relationship. And that's what I'm here to help you do. And so they laughed, and all the, the you know negative energy evaporated, and I was able to connect with them. And it, it changed everything. So I was able to do the speech. The comedy of that presentation took my tension away because I'm standing there not having to talk. They're looking at the screen, not at me, and they're laughing. So the energy changed for both for all of us, them and me. But I also saw how it opened up their minds to a new idea. So that's when I started going, I got to get good at this comedy thing because it's a tool I can use. And so it really became a focus. That was the first time that I realized the power of that. And then other things came along that really convinced me that I needed to go and invest in some, some training. So I took stand-up comedy training to figure out how to oh, try to I communicate. I love that. This is this is the best part of this journey here because I've, I just got on that same journey and I just kind of figured that stuff out the yeah. past couple of years. Yeah. And it's, it's thrilling to be able to take pop culture stuff 
and bridge that with the stuff that traditionally yeah. people see as boring and make, make it people laugh. palatable, make them laugh. Yeah. It's how we it's how we succeed. And that was the mission I was on. When I left the firm, my mission was to make accounting more valued by our clients because I hated the great work that all these people in this firm who were really good at what they did were underappreciated because nobody knew what the heck that was about, right? And so, and I, and I realized that, that that's what frustrated me about tax work. Nobody gave a flip about it. And I'm doing all this stuff to make it right. And it didn't matter at the end of the day to that business owner. It didn't help them. So my mission was to try to get to those people and educate them about what they needed, which is why I went to technology. Because technology was one of the ways we could make this stuff better for people. So after that, after I experienced that, I was really dedicated to trying to make it better the way I could approach people so that they could understand it. And comedy has been a huge part of everything I've done since. And also, you know, when I went out to these small business clients, I would walk in, these people on Peachtree at the Peachtree Software, they were all over Atlanta. I mean, a town, Peachtree in the town with 500 Peachtree streets, there are a lot of users of that software. <laughs> So you walk <laughs> in. It's a coincidence. But yeah. yeah. Well, that's why they named it Peachtree. And Zen Atlanta was the headquarters oh, for Peachtree. Oh, dope. Okay, so yeah. it's no coincidence. Yeah, it's not a coincidence. So I walk in. You know, I'm my CPA. And back then, we wore little dopey suits with a little bow tie. I have a briefcase. And I walk into this, you know, a trucking company or a cold storage outfit in the middle of downtown Atlanta or something like that with my, I'm the CPA. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And they immediately go, I'm not an accountant. And they put that, literally put their hands up. Like, I'm going to come and arrest them because they're ignorant about the crappy stuff that I know. And I was like, well, it's a good thing because I'm one and we don't need two of us. Oh. And, then I, and I made them laugh and I made them comfortable and then I could get in there and help them. So practicing that, every time I went to a client, I had to do that. Break down the fear that they had so I could show them how to do things. And so that skill, I think served me really well. And then when I had the comedy training, I could figure out how to do that more regularly to get the fear out of the subject matter that we talk about. Accounting and tech are both the same way. Frightening things to most people. Accounting, tech, and comedy. That's right. That's the combination. Well, and, and many years later, thanks to another accountant from Greenville, South Carolina, Jason, Jason, yeah, he's the second cool accountant from Greenville, South Carolina. I want he's it to be second. done. That's right. And I think that's how I met Greg Kite. But Greg was the first, the second comedian CPA. Ooh, yeah. And Greg yep, yep. does it in comedy clubs about accounting, which he's my hero. I think he's amazing. I've had him do some cartoon you know, Ron stuff. Ron Baker for me. said the same thing. Ron Baker said that's his hero. He's incredible <clears throat> and brilliant, also. I mean, he's great. So he does actual stand up. I use the training to do educational stuff. And he's got like a comedy CPE thing. I mean, he's, he does all kinds of cool stuff, but I mean, he's one of my favorite people. So the skill set, you know, there are different ways to acquire the skill set if you want to be a communicator. But to me, that was the scariest thing I could do. And also the most different way to learn. There's Toastmasters and stuff. And to me, Toastmasters was like work. You had a list of stuff and you had people ringing bells and critiquing you and all that. Stand up, you either die on stage or you make people laugh. And it's easy to see if it works or not. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. <clears throat> I'm getting so, all dried out here. Well, yeah, Greg is a big inspiration for me in doing what I'm doing. So this is so cool that it, it came to this. So, so now that you've kind of found your voice 
in comedy and you found your place, you know, where you fit in, did you feel like you were born again at it, at that, at that point? Like the whole world is now like you, your whole life in front of you is a different path almost. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I never, I mean, first of all, I'm in Napa Valley. How did that happen? You know, that whole experience, my ability to do things that I love every day, it's, it's insane. I mean, every time I create a presentation, I sit there and go, how did I get here? You know, how to get to this? And I consult with wineries in Napa Valley. I'm going out, I went out two days ago to a new winery, met with the team and educated them on financial concepts. They were laughing. I mean, you come in as a CPA talking about finance and people are going, oh my gosh, this is going to be awful. And I start off with a vocabulary comparison between their scary terms for wine and my scary terms for accounting and make them laugh. It's like a routine that you've worked out. And then they go, okay, we can listen. And then I, you know, I keep them with me, hopefully. But, you know, by the end of the time, they go, this is amazing. I always ask them what stood out. And they tell me things about how you make me more comfortable with this. And now I connect to this. And, and now I know I can go ask accountants questions. And it's so gratifying. And who doesn't love visiting wine? I know. Wineries. And I walk away with wine. They gave me wine. I was like, this is amazing. I get paid to do this. And I get to take home stuff to drink. It's, and they're about, so appreciative. I know. How about the trip we just went on? Oh my gosh, Scott! <laughs> Italy. What kind of? How about the wine there? Oh, it was incredible. Everything, and it's so much more affordable. I mean, the the good, even the cheap stuff was great. I mean, everything that well, we had. I let's mean, say, let's say that Expensify made it affordable. Shout out Expensify. to Expensify. For making I, I that mean, trip I, I still don't know what I did to get on that list, but I mean, they were. I've never been treated like that. And I think one of the things that they talk about is that they one of, they have three goals. And you remember all three. The first one was live richly. The second one was what? Live rich, have fun, save the world. Have fun and save the world. And they do that. They bring that to life. You know, if you've never experienced what high-end treatment feels like, how do you know how to provide that to others? Yeah. And that's one of the things that the biggest thing I took away is, I mean, I will never have an experience like that again. And there are people who... Don't say never, because they're well, going to do I mean, another one, yeah, I'm sure. Well, maybe. I, gotta, I don't know what i got to do to get to stay cool. i got to hang around you more, stay Scott. Stay cool, yeah. But, I mean, many people will never experience that level of of luxury. I mean, and, and just being treated in a way that makes you feel special. I mean, everything they did was like that. And everything that that hotel did was a high-end experience. And it's one of the things that we try to teach wineries here to deliver, but if you've never experienced yourself that kind of treatment, it's hard for you to know how to provide customer service at that level. And it's one of the things we as accountants have to figure out. How do I make my clients feel like it's a high-end connection they have to me? How is it a high-touch, high-connected experience when I deliver whatever service I'm delivering? And I think the learning from being treated in that way serves us all so that we know what we want people to feel like when they're in our presence and the kind of hospitality connection we want to provide to those other people. So, I mean, it was it was really something. And it was a great bunch of people. It was really fun to get to talk, to hang out with you, Scott. We were hanging out by the pool, looking for cheesecake at one point. Filming and, music videos. And doing, you were amazing. filming your videos. We had Blake Oliver running around shooting stuff. We had David Leary causing trouble like he always does. We went to beautiful spots. We, I mean, it was just an incredible time. But I think the time talking to folks was, was really special. So, and there's some great people on the train on the way there. And um, yeah, it's a life-changing experience. 
high touch, high connected, high end accounting yeah. high. Exactly. We're at yeah. we're at, we're at accounting high right now. Yeah, so, you're gonna have to license that from me, Scott. You're gonna have to pay I me might, royalty on that. <laughs> so finding your voice and then yeah. your niche now. So you have. T- tell me about what you're doing now, as far as like your. What lights you up or what things that you're focusing well, on? Well, you know, I had, again, the unbelievable good fortune. And, you know, it, it's the if you look back at your life, you can see the things that, you know, miraculous things that led from point A to point B. I know you've seen it, Scott. When in, in retrospect, the fact that I got to California, the fact that I was training people about advisory back then and, and bringing in tools. So I was in software companies and I connected with, with Mentor Plus, which taught accountants how to do advisory and I would come into those meetings and bring technology into the training she was doing. So we connected on concepts and, and trying to move the profession forward. And I had these tools in different companies. And I would come to her meetings and talk about tech and share different technologies with these accountants who were going to be doing advisory services. And they would meet three times a year. And I would go, I think, almost every time because I'd have something new to bring in to share with them. So I became a regular presenter to this group of accountants. Well, a number of those accountants were in California. So when I moved to California with Sage, I, I had connected with some of the folks here, and and eventually Sage did a reorg and they laid me off. And I'm here, and Edie, the person at, at Mentor Plus, reached out to all those accountants that had seen me speak and said, "Jeannie's now available. If you need some help, reach out to her." And I had a bunch of California folks say, "Come help us with marketing, and help us do advisory." So I immediately had two consulting gigs that resulted from my prior connections. But had I not gotten to California, it would have never happened. And one of those firms was Broke Markle Davison Company, and the managing partner, Craig Underhill, and I had talked specifically multiple times remotely about software and how he could use it with his winery clients. So when he heard I was in California, he reached out and said, come work with my firm. I want you to do that advisory stuff you've been yakking about all these years with my winery clients, with our winery clients. And I said, y'all hear this accent? You think I know anything about good wine? You know, frenzy in a box is about as good as it gets in my book. And he said, I don't care what you know about wine. (laughs) Yeah, frenzy in a box, y'all. I know it. Atlanta staple, I had it in there every summer. We just fill it up, you know, come in with the glass. And Boone's Farm was more of a a high school thing, which I didn't do. I didn't have Boone's Farm, but that was the That's big right. thing. Yeah. You yeah. didn't do it in high school. The illegal stuff. But it was Franzia to Box, which is the high-end thing. You know, the only the best boxes make it for Franzia. And so, I mean, that was literally was my exposure. And I was like, terrified. Like, I don't know anything about what goes with what. And he said, you know, I need you to help people understand accounting, and I need you to do advisory. And you've been talking about this for a long time. Come do it with me. And I said, okay. So... I started doing it as a consultant, and then they put me on the team as a part-time employee because I still wanted to do the speaking, and I'd written a book by then. I wrote the book during the, the six months that I was paid to not work by Sage. And so I had the speaking career. I knew I wanted to keep doing that, but I also wanted to apply all these tools that I've been learning about and talking about. So I joined up, and I've been at that firm now for 16 years. been working with them wow. since '07. And but Craig like- really invested. They invested in me to build a market for the advisory service in the wine industry. And Craig was already doing it, but he wanted more exposure. And so they invested heavily to do that. And we did a lot of cool stuff at the beginning to try to spread the word. 
So after a lot of other people making decisions for you, like in, in a way, you know, you're, yeah. you get moved to Atlanta and then they yeah. get acquired, you know, yeah. all of these jobs that you had, all these corporate jobs are other people yeah. making decisions for you. Yeah. And then, and then you start comedy, then you start speaking and then you start designing your own life That's moving wrong. forward. That's right. And it doesn't matter at what age you find that or what age you get that that spark, that passion. But once you do find it, once you find there your you purpose go. and the way to move forward, all of a sudden, every other trivial little thing in life that probably used to get to you or used to bring you down, now all of a sudden becomes an adventure and becomes an excitement. Once you align, and so the, the reason I have a Basset Hound in everything that I do is the Basset Hound came to me when I got asked to do a TEDx talk in Napa Valley. They had a Napa Valley TEDx event, a local TED event. They reached out because I'd been speaking in Napa Valley and said, we know you're a speaker, we want you to speak. And I was like, what do I have to do? They said, nothing, you want you to speak. And I was like, what am I going to speak about? Well, our topic, our theme is leadership. And so I hung up the phone and went, this is my dream because I had just decided I wanted to move into keynote speaking, which is, has to be inspirational, right? Can't be just educational. And I know what I was going to inspire about. So they call me. I get all excited. I hang up the phone and go, oh, my gosh, what the heck am I going to talk about? I haven't done anything. I've done, you know, I'm just a nerdy, you know, person in wine country. What am I going to talk about? I mean, if we had CEOs who'd invented all kinds of cool stuff. We had, like, you know, nonprofit organizations speaking about things. We had all these different people. And then me. I'm like, eh. So when I'm trying to decide what to speak about, it came to me that that's what I'm going to speak about. I'm nothing special. I'm just a human just like you are. And if I can be on this stage, so can you. And what I, what I decided, what really gelled for me, is that I have two voices in my head. The one that says, you're not good enough, and what are you doing on this stage? And the one that said, I care about these people, and I have something to say, which was the Basset Hound. The Basset Hound voice is, yeah, I'm floppy-eared and slobbery, but you know, when I'm in my true Basset Hound cell, that's when people can connect. But when I listen yeah. to the other voice, which was the nun, which is, you should, you gotta, you better, black and white world... You know, with the ruler going, you got to do what I say. And I was raised Catholic, so nuns were something I had experienced. So the two voices were the Basset Hound versus the nun, and that became my talk. And oh, so wow. when I'm in my Basset Hound, I am frolicking and, and I'm happy, but I embrace my flaws and I use those to connect with people. And so that's why Basset Hounds are all around me, to remind me, you know, when we raised them as a kid. So they were part of my life from... Day one, basically. We got our first basset hound, I think, when I was eight or nine, a female, and we bred her, and then we had another female, so we had bassets around me my whole life, and they're, you know, if you look at them, they're just goofy-looking, slobbery creatures, but they were bred for a very specific purpose, and every aspect of who they are, their ears are designed to concentrate the scent so that they can hunt. They're low to the ground. They got huge feet because they're walking through muddy mar. I mean, everything about them is designed for what they do. And when they accept the gifts that they have, that's when they're living their best life. And that's became my story and, and really my mission. That sounds that like forward. a good movie. <laughs> like an animated Pixar movie about a basset hound that wants to be another dog exactly. or that wants to be so, something else. An Afghan hound, which is what I put in my slides. 
an Afghan hound ah. is like this prim thing with long hair parted down the middle. And I said, you know, the, the voice of the nun said, you should be an Afghan hound. And I'm a basset hound. I can't get there from here. They're tall, thin. They're elegant. They have long hair. They're always brushed and like, real, and they have pointed noses. Fancy. They're, they're the ones. They're the ones who are in the dog shows. They're the prim Best ones. Show. Yeah. And the voice kept telling me I should be that when I was this. And finally, when I said I'm this and I'm going to own it, things started to change. And that's the story that I want people to know. That's all you got to do. Accept what you have. Don't try to make yourself somebody else. I love that. So. You know, on the nun side of it, yeah, you're concerned with what other people are going to think and what they think of you, and you're getting in exactly. your own way. The nun is you getting in your own way. That's right. The basset hound cares about the other people. It doesn't necessarily care what they think. It just cares about them and wants to help them and really doesn't give a what you think of the, me either way. The you're bass- going gonna to teach them. The basset hound comes from the heart. Yeah, it comes from the heart, and that's what I shared. I was like, you know, when I when I go out to wineries, that's where the self deprecating thing comes from. My job is to make you feel smarter if I'm coming out to teach you, not to show how smart I am. Oh, and most of us that. as speakers, the goal on stage, I got to show you everything that I know and how smart I am, and especially accountants, right? We're experts. Well, when I walk into a winery, there's no way in the world I can fake that I'm an expert in wine. Right. Right. So I've got to embrace my own ignorance, which is why I created a, a, a fake winery called LeCourougeWinery.com, which is a website and it's redneck in French. So when I teach wineries in California, I teach them through a redneck winery. They immediately laugh and it connects to who I'm going to what they're going to get from me, which is southern and not being an expert in wine. But the permission to laugh at ourselves and to open up to what we can learn about accounting and all that stuff. So it all kind of comes together. So rather than trying to prove how smart I was about wine or anything, I said, y'all, y'all, I don't know anything about this stuff, but I know about these numbers and I'm going to bridge the knowledge gap for you. And meanwhile, I'm going to learn more about what you do and how this all comes together. So mm. the permission to be the basset hound that I am is a critical learning and I'm, it's just, sad that it took me that long to get there but so i'm feeling like i'm learning a lot right here i'm the basset hound in accounting exactly i'm I'm the custodian at accounting high i don't so just as i could relate to all this i've never put myself as the teacher or the one who knows it all or the one who's going to stand and teach everybody this i'm just going to funnel it in from what other people say and like this is in i'm trying to inspire others to do that too because you don't have to be the expert you don't have to be the expert what you have to do is be an expert at you and what you can bring to the table and then make others feel special and and help them understand and help bring them along their journey too that's the best thing that we can do and that is the opposite of what most of us think we need to do as accountants right our job is to have all the answers and that's a big part of the training that i do where i'm training advisory the main shift that we make, and we do three shifts in the in our methodology, mindset, tool set, and skill set. The hardest Ooh, okay. shift for us to make is the mindset shift. The thought that I can't consult with wineries unless I'm a wine expert is ridiculous. What I need to do is be curious enough to ask that expert in their own business, wine, how they do things and bring in an outside questioning ability so that I can uncover more about what they're trying to do and help them get there. 
And then we bring in tools, we bring in automation, we bring in checklists, I bring in facilitated coaching. I mean, I'm showing people everything they need to do with clients when they get in there and start asking different questions. And then we're helping them leverage their skills in a different way by communicating, by connecting, by, you know, asking a whole bunch of different questions that we have never thought of asking before because we're too busy doing the rule following stuff or the historical accounting. And there's this whole opportunity to go, why do you have those big tanks over there? And, you know, why is there a thing going over there? How long do you depreciate that tank? Which, you know, we all care about that stuff. And, you know, what's this wine club thing you're doing? How does the revenue work for that? And how do you get people to pay up front for wine that is undefined and that they don't know when they're going to get it. That's what they're doing in wine country. People love wine clubs. So You can learn all kinds of stuff by being curious and not putting pressure on yourself to know everything before you will talk to your clients. I think we need an advisory club at Accounting High. Yeah. Similar to wine club. Where similar have, to math club. Well, exactly. <laughs> where you kind of have little tidbits and you send out boxes of gifts on mindset or on tool set or on skill set. I love it, Scott. You're so, you're so creative. Create a funnel for your impactful advisor, right? I love that. What do we got to do to make that happen? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's already happening in my head. So it's already happened. That's your, that's your subject at Accounting High. Um, We've talked, I've talked to you about this before too, or at least having you as the faculty here. I'd love to do it. I love those key components. We talk about mindset a lot and we do talk a lot about advisory, but a lot of times it's still intimidating for some people to talk about for accountants and you've recognized that and you've brought, you've made it palatable. You've made it easy to digest because you're relating it to things that they already know and understand. So I have to give credit where credit is due. I acquired the rights to the training that I took that Edie Osborne at Mentor Plus created. Because she already had the toolkit. She had all the checklists. She'd been teaching live for 20 years to CPAs. She created a program through the AI CPA that was widely used back in the day called Performance Views. So she figured out all this stuff and created a tool for everything you can do with a client. So I acquired during COVID, I finally got the rights to that training so I could package it and deliver it and also add coaching on top of it. But it's her brains that that I leverage. But the, the cool thing was... She and I were coming at the same problem from different directions. I had technology that you could apply, and she had the training on what you say once you bring the, the technology to bear on a problem. Once you have a digital dashboard, a visual interactive dashboard, which I was selling, here's what you say when you bring this up and show your client they need to improve AR or they need to improve cash flow or whatever it is. If I did that before the training, I wouldn't have done what to do for them. Like if I was in the tax role inside the firm and I told the client that cash flow was their problem, if they came back to me and said, how do I improve it? I would go, I don't know, but come back next year and I'll see if it's better or worse. So she provided the confidence via these tools that I could then know what to do. Now I know to go look at the process. I know to examine all the inputs to collectability on the AR stuff. I know to look at the invoice formats. How many errors do we make? Do I capture emails on every client that I sign up? What's my onboarding process? Because those are the things that impact collectability at the end of the process in AR. So that's what we're doing. We're helping people have the confidence with a set of tools to ask questions that they wouldn't otherwise ask. It's like an actor or a rapper. You can give two different actors the same script 
or two different rappers, the same set of lines, and they're going to deliver it differently. What you've done is you took the script of this advisory component, you know, that you acquired. That's right. And you put your own flavor, your own spin on it. Basset hounds around it. Your own basset hounds. That's what I did. Yeah. And you'll see basset hounds all over my site. It's part of my brand. It's part of the way I approach everything that I do to try to make it easier for people to to get to it to understand it yeah. relate and, and to apply. digest and to relate yeah. to it and that's that's what you got to do you got to be relatable and that's how you inspire too because that's it's right. not they're not going to try to be you they're going to try to be themselves that's right after they hear you talk or after you teach them and that's what you got to do you got to teach people how to be themselves not to be somebody else the nun wants to teach them how to be somebody else that's right and the basset hound can only be itself because it's not going to succeed in anything else but being itself that's right i'm a basset hound now this is this is my new uh analogy i'm only succeeding now because i'm being myself that's exactly right that's what you've learned right i'm going to embrace the stuff i'm going to do rap and it's a fantastic the creative energy that you apply to things is it's incredible but that's also because I realized that people were telling me it wouldn't work or this this isn't going to... The nuns are gonna, everywhere, Scott. The nuns are telling you, like, everywhere. this isn't going to work. Why do you think you're going to do this? Accountants yeah. don't listen to rap, this and that. But <laughs> it's not about all that. It's about... That's what I feel comfortable doing. I don't feel comfortable doing something else or any anything else that I was doing in the past. And when I you're in that place, yeah. Scott... People want to be around you. When you're living that flow, when you're connected to that inner, inner you, people are drawn flow. to that. The flow. That's rap. And, yeah. And when I'm speaking, I it's like it's not me. It's like it comes through me somehow because I'm so passionate about those people in the audience that I oftentimes can't remember what I said sometimes because it's it's I'm so in the moment. It's really interesting, and I know that I'm when I'm doing that, I'm in where I'm supposed to be. All the time, yeah, it happens all the time on the show. Like I, I record episodes, and I have no idea what we talked about, and we were both in the moment, and then it comes out, and I'm surprised by the conversation, and it sounds great, but that's because you get in the flow, in the moment, and you're, you're in in the zone. It's magic. Time just, time just flies too in those cases. It's very Um, special. And it's an energy. It's a high. It's that That's high right. touch, high connected, high accounting right. high. Right? I love it. It and is. And you get a natural high doing all those things. That's it part is. of what the double entendre with accounting high. Yeah. It's not actually a substance high. It's a natural high that you get it, when you, is, you're yourself. It's such a. It's such an experience. A feeling to know that you're in the place. Like when I'm, I'm out at this winery, they're brand new. They're, there's like three people in the taste room. Their accountant is in the room. And I start talking, and I'm always nervous. It, it doesn't matter who I'm talking to. I mean, I'm nervous to do this. I'm, I'm never just showing up going, so I got that. I'm always terrified, yeah. and I'm going, this is not going to resonate. That's something Greg Kite told me, too. Oh, yeah. He taught me that. I yeah. think if you're not nervous, you don't care enough. That's what yeah. I believe. And so yeah. I get there, and I'm going, this isn't going to work. How am I going to help these people? They don't even have metrics. And as soon as I start talking, and I get them to laugh the first time, that's the, the goal for me is to break the tension they laugh, and now we're on the same team somehow. And then I can see them connecting. I can ask them questions. They're engaging and responding. And I'm go- and I finish, and I go, this is so cool that I get to do this. How did I find myself here, and how did this happen? It is a miracle, and I'm so lucky to be able to go out and do these things with people and for them to appreciate it. You know, tax, nobody ever appreciated the 
Here's your tax return. You owe $10 million or whatever. No, it's all the adjacent skills that you it's, have related to that to bridge a, all of it. It's just an amazing thing. And everybody can do that. You can take this accounting skills. That's the other thing, Scott. I'm never not going to be able to find a job. I mean, I could do bookkeeping till I'm 105 if I can still work the calculator. You know, yeah. this skill set that we have is so valuable and I don't care what they do with AI, we're still going to have to be able to, to take that information that is being provided and leverage it in different ways. And I think it's just going to shift in how we take it. Let well, the AI get it all organized so that I can see it. Great. Then well, let me... You said, you yeah. said bookkeeping, as yeah. long as you have a calculator, I think everything else, AI is the calculator yeah. for that. That's GPT is the calculator for that. And I'll give yeah. an example. So yeah. while we were at... Italy, I, I met Joe Water for the first time. Yeah. And he pitched to me an idea. He said, He's an idea what if factory. We had you, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He said, What if we had you rap on the stage at Scaling the Heights? Yeah. And I was like, Well, I'm going to be in Mexico and that's pretty short notice. I don't know. I'm going to have to write a new rap for this and all that. And I, I was super excited about it. I must have, I probably told you immediately after I, I didn't found hear out. You didn't tell well, me. I didn't know. That's well, I'm great. I'm telling you now. I know you're going to be there. So then I, I, I said, dope, like you got to ask my wife first. And he asked her. And so I had a short window that I was going to be home because I'm going to Vegas tomorrow. For Me engage. too. I'll see you there. I'll see you in Vegas Yay. for sure. And we'll be filming a music video there too. Oh, cool. So then and I have, I'm going to be in Mexico all of June. So wow. I got to write a rap and record it before then so I can practice and perform it at the end of June. So incomes ai i had the idea or i was floating around a lot of different ideas for which song to use because all my raps are parodies yeah so people can get it recognize it and then on saturday this past saturday i you know came to me which song i was going to use use touch the sky by kanye because it's soar the sky separate kanye from the equation it's just the music his soar is the theme of this conference oh yeah and so what cool. i did was i took all the copy everything that they were talking about on the website and about the conference and all the themes. And I grabbed that copy and I told GPT, I said, take Kanye's touch the sky and create a parody of, of this, of that song using this copy oh my as gosh. provided. And this I is, I dumped it all in. I iterated on it a couple of times, but it basically wrote all three verses and the chorus. And I used, I, I, let's say it got me about halfway there. And yeah. that was that's the hardest part about writing these it's raps starting. or doing anything. It's starting. It's starting. Yeah. Yeah. And so it gets you started and it's a it was great. A lot of the lines and if we have time I can play it at the end here. <laughs> a lot of the lines came from GPT, but I morphed them in a different way and I used components of it and I put my own little spin on it too. And that's the calculator though. So as that's long the as exactly because anybody can do that. Anybody can take yeah. copy and, and all I'm doing is putting puzzles together with these. I'm not even like doing anything really original. Everybody says you got to be original. There's like, nothing you know, you gotta have original. original this original. Nothing is original. There's nothing. It's nothing. how we present it or spin it or wrap it or rhyme it or whatever exactly. it is we do. That That's makes what it you original. did with your advisory yeah. components, with the impactful advisor. You acquired the rights to that copy. But right. then used it in your own way and put your own spin on it. It's yours. I know you, you want to give credit to where it's due, but you yeah. paid for that credit too. In a way, I, I'm, I want to credit the artists that create this, but also I don't know if I want to credit Kanye because he's got a bad rep right now. <laughs> he's he's, <laughs> yes, he's he getting does. in his own way. Yeah. 
but what he what he did do was create the foundation for me to be able to do this yeah. in the amount of time that I did. So this is That's so this cool. is what I'm going to prepare. Or this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to give you a heads up on this last verse. I gave every shout out, and I tried to fit your name in there anywhere I could, but I had to fit. There's a hundred people speaking, so. Yeah. Your wow. name, if you listen closely, you'll hear a lot of names of people that you know, but I couldn't get White House in there. It just couldn't fit in the rhyme. And, uh, and I was going to get Genie in there too, but I, I still couldn't get Genie because I didn't have those syllable combinations in the verse. I'm with you in so, spirit. You don't have to do anything, Scott. I love that you're doing you're ready that. For this. I'm backing you. Go. I'm backing you. What day are you doing that? I'm only there till Monday, I think. I'm, I'm going doing to it another on Sunday. On Yay! Sunday. So if you're going to be there I'll Sunday. Be there. I come in I the afternoon. I need you in the crowd cheering. Yeah, I'll I need be you there. In the crowd if, cheering. If I'm Sunday, not there yet, what time are you on? It's on the keynote. So I, I may not make the, it in no, time. All right, I'm flying well, in Saturday morning, I think, or something. Yeah, you'll so, be there Sunday. Or Saturday. I think I'm coming in like right. I don't know. We'll deal with that later. But I hope I we'll get see. there. Hopefully, you I can might be have there. to if change not, my schedule to get there earlier, just so I can be there. You can be there for the keynote. This will be dope. So cool soar the sky is what i called it and again i just wrote this this week and i was only able to do it because of the ai help i don't think we have any idea how much we're going to be able to leverage that in doing what we're trying to do you're going to soar the sky get up off the floor and start to fly you'll scale new heights with an okr and accounting high you're going to soar the sky get up off the floor and start to fly You'll scale new heights, would it OKR and accounting high? Accountants and bookkeepers still watching the clock. Water schooling you with his new workshops. Feet on the street, St. Louis peep the sore theme. Attendees will flock. Now let's go. Check the presentation. Cutting edge education, sparking innovation. Scope creep friction, shaking foundation. Process improvement, increased production. With automation and AI, no flapping wings, you'll be soaring high. At scaling new heights, you'll touch the sky. Combine new tools to help your practice shine. Joe in his prime, founded in 09. Three cheers, 14 years, and tears, he's cried. A keynote legend, Joe, devotee, super fans, at Evi's obsession. You're gonna soar the sky, get up off the floor and start to fly. You'll scale new heights, with an OKR and accounting high. You're gonna soar the sky. Get up off the floor and start to fly. Yeah. You'll scale new heights. Woodard OKR in the county. Let's high. scale new heights. Transforming the world. Show what our baby. Transforming the world. Show what our baby. Transforming the world. In the county. High. Transforming the world. Show what our baby. Transforming the world. We gon' soar the sky. Get up off the floor and start to fly. We'll scale new heights, would it OKR in accounting high, accounting high STL, soar the sky, get up off the floor and start to fly. We'll scale new heights, would it OKR in accounting high. Yes, 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 profession leaders, let's go hear from some fresh teachers. Amelia Earhart, Jeff Seabird, Jelaine St. Juice, Lisa Beaver, Denise Grove, Kat Sloan, Kath Gross, Kerr, Ronald B. Randall C. Kless, Brolin Wooders, Rock, Ball, Davis, Daryl, Deb Defer. Kreider, Heather Davis, Bell, Heather Satter, Lee, Joel, Kyle, Jen, Diamond, Sarah, Laidlaw, Michelle Long, Mike McCallowitz, Milky, Edstrom, Trish Tate, Luke, Dick, Cole, Allison, Ball, Whit, Michelle, Vim, Gonzalez, Aguilard, Caldwell, Ernest Cook, and K. Parks, Nicholas, Christians, Esther, F. Burke, Carp. So many more presenters. Now let me in my verse right before the shit starts. Like, uh, we gon' soar the sky, get up off the floor and start to fly. We'll scale new heights, would it OKR and accounting high, accounting high STL, soar the sky, get up off the floor and start to fly. 
We'll scale new heights, watered OKR and accounting high. Go fly, baby. New heights, skate, link, 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 new heights, uh, counting high, uh, counting high, uh, counting high, uh, counting high, accounting high. Keep it soaring. Keep it soaring. And I go by the name of OKR. That's OK Rapper. Yeah. <laughs> Feels good to be Joe, baby. Feels good to be Joe. That was our musical guest for this episode. That is fantastic. You are unbelievable. That is the coolest thing ever. I heard so many of my friends that are going to be there. I know. I, I really did try to get your, your name in there, but it was just like, I needed names that flowed with the original verse. And so I spent... Almost eight hours on that last verse, wow. trying to get it perfect. Trying to get that's, it to, that's, to flow right, yeah, with the rhythm. I get in my own way sometimes, too. I, I, everything's got to be perfect. I had a first version of the verse that was pretty good. It just wasn't It wasn't to my standards. Well, so. you, you are incredible. What a gift. What a fun place to be on that main stage. I love I it. And I was going to be in Mexico, so uh, I don't know if this is supposed to be a surprise, but by the time this episode comes out, everybody's going to know anyway, so... Yeah. That's right. fine. We're trying to keep it low key at, le- at least, but I'm going to film something in Vegas about like this is going to be. I'm going to film the video in Vegas and then probably use that in the, as the backdrop on stage. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It'll be dope. Really cool. So looking forward Amazing. to seeing you. I'll see I'm you in Vegas to, and I'll see we'll you at Scaling New Heights. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it. This going. has been great. This has been the start of a possible series that we drip the impactful advisor so tell our audience our listeners where they can find you what impactful advisor is how they can find out more about that so it's the impactful advisor.com is the website for my advisory training you can find me i have a website geniewhitehouse.com g-e-n-i whitehouse like where the president lives.com you can learn about my speaker kind of bio stuff there. I'm at Even a Nerd. I have LeCourougeWinery.com if you want to read about the Redneck Winery. That is created by my CPA firm, BDCoCPA.com. The winery folks that have enabled me to really do what I do by giving me some a regular job while I'm building all these other things that are going on. They've been a great you got a lot of brands. Firm. Yeah, I do. Way too many brands. Brands. we got to consolidate all this. So, yeah. Well, the GenieWhiteHouse.com sort of branches into all the things that i do good so you can go there tree yeah so yeah. it's a such an honor scott to be here and talk to you and i love your creative brain and the way that you think we got to tap into well, more of that and work together on some more stuff you we we will we definitely All will right. it's the start of something new right. you've got a creative brain you've been doing this for a while now so i have a lot to learn you're the first comedy accountant cpa so <laughs> this is dope <laughs> I got a lot of potential titles for this episode. We'll see what comes out of it. All right. Thank I you, can't Jamie. wait to see. Thank you, Scott. Class dismissed. Peace out.